Once Broken podcast. Again, I have another amazing guest with us. She needs no introduction, which is I don't want to botch anything, so I'm going to have her introduce herself. And this is, I'm going to go into a real quick spiel. This is, I love recovery. I love the recovery community. I love everything about it because you get to meet people who are on that same path and journey as you. They may have traveled different roads, but it's all towards the same goal, the same destination and along that same path. So I'm really excited about this one. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the Once Broken podcast. And if you feel up to it, introduce yourself. What is up, you guys? My name is Felicia Marie. I don't like to share my last name because it's my married last name and I'm not married anymore. So it's false advertising. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually met Ian on Facebook and I've been stalking for a little while, not going <laughs> to lie, and have been <laughs> super, super excited to be doing this. This is, I'm very passionate about recovery. I'm really passionate about mental wellness. I'm really passionate about helping others serving the community, connecting with people that are like-minded, and having real conversations about recovery. That's what I'm super passionate about. So so awesome. It's, you know, it's the like fifth time I've heard people have been stalking me, and, and they explain why. There's a lot of, and, and we don't need to get into it because it really doesn't matter, but everyone's like, we've been stalking you because we want to see who you are. We want to see like mm -hmm. what your motives are, what's going on. And I'm just here like, I'm just trying to do a podcast, guys. Yeah. But I get it because I'm the same way too, you know. One of the things I, I always forget is, you know, the recovery community is not the pillar of health. It's where people come when there's really no more places to go and we're looking for answers on, like you said, wellness. So thank you for stalking me, I guess. And yeah. I hope I live up to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, you already heard how I have expectations. Dang it. I love them. I usually don't tell people that one. <laughs> Keep that one silent. Well, I won't tell anybody, except this is going to be blasted to a lot of people. But other than that, I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, you know, so what brought you into recovery as you know it today? So my my journey started as a little girl. I was molested as a little girl. And my parents have... Well, I would say my mom has struggled with alcohol and drugs a little bit. She had little spurts here and there of cocaine and, and meth and stuff, but her main drug was alcohol, and it affected my childhood from the age of seven on until a couple of years ago. Um, because of that trauma, which I believe is a huge part, a huge factor in recovery because of the science behind what it does to your mind, um, I would say that the trauma kind of fueled me into a bad direction along with my environment. So it wasn't just the trauma, it was the environment that I lived in with alcoholics. My mom worked at a bar. I had the freedom to do whatever I wanted to. And so before I was even 15, I had overdosed twice and was drinking and using drugs at 13. Um, just doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have. I got removed from my home. I was sloughing school. It became a ritual to get drunk every night. And I ended up getting in state's custody and I, I've spiraled a lot through through all of that. I've been through a lot of traumatic trials and every time it would just lead me back to addiction and using addiction as a coping mechanism instead of dealing with the trauma and the emotional abuse and, and dealing with the, you know, the unworthiness of, of not having a family there to support you and all of those things that I feel like a lot of people go through and it's not intentional for you to go to alcohol and drugs, 
but it's actually like a reward in the body because of what you've been through. So it just feels right to do that as a human, you know, and then once you, once you start realizing it and bring the awareness to it, then things can kind of change and your mind can change and, and you can go from there. But I, mine all started with trauma and I've dealt with addiction up until a couple years ago. You brought something up, you know, I was, I do a lot of families, you know, and they're like, I just don't understand. Why can't they stop? Like, why can't they just stop using? And then, yeah, we have no idea at that point, whether it was trauma based, whether something happened and the way I like to explain it to, to people who don't have experience with it, because I can't, you know, I, I, I don't blame people for not understanding when they don't have experience in it. But the easiest way I like to explain it is, you know, let's say you were dealing with an illness of some type where you just hated life and you were depressed all the time and your body ached and it was awful and horrible. And one day someone told you about a medication and you took it, and you were perfect. Mm -hmm. You took it and life was beautiful. You were wonderful and the pain went away. Not only the physical, but the mental and spiritual pain was gone. And you found what you were looking for to navigate through life. But then all of a sudden a doctor goes, hey, you can't take that medication anymore. It's going to kill you. And you go, oh, wow. Okay, no problem. Well, let's find something else then. Let's, let's just take, let's just stop taking it then. Let's just stop taking it. It's bad. Let's see know? what happens. And then I stop taking it and that pain comes back worse than ever. Mm -hmm. And I can't navigate life anymore. And I'm uncomfortable in my own skin and I hate everything around me. And the pain's back. And then, and so inevitably on a long enough timeline, in my experience, I found people will go back to that medication that was working mm -hmm. regardless yeah because they want that pain gone and no matter how many times the loved ones and the doctors say don't take it like you're gonna die and, and you plead with them like give me something else then because i don't know how to do it yeah that's what i found is that's what drugs did for me they alleviated not only the physical pain but the spiritual pain i love how you said it like yeah it just made you happy like it is it the right reason i don't know but it, I don't know. Yeah, but, but who it, knows? Who knows? But it, it, it. Oh, I feel like it's a very common reason. Yeah. Like you brought up a really valid point. Yeah. That that is what the pain is. What a lot of people don't understand, and it is. It's an emotional. It's a spiritual because of energy and your connections to everybody, yeah. and you know the mental pain. All of those pains are real, and there's not many avenues you can go down to get rid of that or you just don't know about it or you're not aware about it it's not the first thing that you're told about like what i went through my journey i didn't know i had depression until i was in state's custody and they did evaluations because they had to and then they wanted to put me on prescriptions and i had immediate bad reactions to the prescriptions and yeah. was immediately suicidal so it didn't work for me so what did i do i went back to alcohol and smoking because that's worked. what worked for me yeah. And that was my vice, even as a mom. It didn't matter how many kids I had. It didn't, it didn't matter that I was a mom and responsible for four kids when I was going to commit suicide three years ago. Like none, none of those things matter. And that should be talked about in recovery because you're, your family's not going to be enough. Your surroundings not going to be enough. You know, doing it for your parents isn't going to be enough. Doing it for your kids isn't even enough. If you don't have the willpower to do it for yourself, which I believe that's where recovery really starts is within your will mm -hmm. and your will to give it to God or your higher power, whatever it is, the universe, like whatever it needs to be for you. If you don't have that will to let go and then change your mindset, 
you'll be in that rabbit hole. You know, I know people personally that will never come out of it. I just feel like they're never going to come out of it. We hope and pray, but yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's possible. I've seen, I've seen, I, sh I shouldn't be sitting here. You shouldn't no. be sitting here. Neither of us should be sitting here talking about this right now. And here we are. But why? You know, it's, we talked about this when we were on the phone. Yeah. You know, you, I can't, I'm going to say it's not verbatim for sure, but you know, you ask, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes. Like it's literally in my experience for me anyways, why I'm still sober, dumb freaking luck. Mm -hmm. Like really like, cause I've heard the same thing a thousand times before, but then one day I heard that same thing again and it made sense. Yeah. I was like ready to hear it. I was just going to say that. Like, were you ready yeah. to hear the message? Like you heard the message. <laughs> like, yeah. Probably not. Because yeah. <laughs> I remember in looking back, like, I don't even remember what I heard. But this time around, it just clicked. And then I heard something that made sense. So I stuck around until I heard another thing that made sense. Mm -hmm. just kept, I kept identifying it. It made sense. So I just kept sticking around like you said the willingness yeah drugs and alcohol had beaten me up so bad that i was willing you know i was willing to like it, you ever seen the movie saving private ryan yeah there's love that movie. Great movie that's a good movie <clears throat> excuse me there's there's a scene in that movie where that they're storming the beach and bombs are going off live fire everything and this dude his um there's a bomb goes off and he loses his arm and he's so shell-shocked that he just, like, picks it up like nothing's wrong, picks his arm up, and just goes walking down the beach like nothing's wrong, right? That was me. Wow. <laughs> that was me when I got sober. Like, here's my arm, guys. Hey. <laughs> Bleeding well, profusely. Welcome to the 12-step group, buddy. Come on. In let's, my let's sew on that arm, bud. Thanks, man. <laughs> like, and that touches on another point that I would love to get your experience on is, so many times for me, like I had the ability to get sober maybe mm -hmm. for a little bit, but then I wouldn't do anything and the insanity would come back. Yeah, the triggers. Yeah. Is that what you would define it as? Is more of like something triggered you and it would come back? I, or I do you Or do you feel like it was an experience that happened and then you would go back? I think triggering was is the right word, but when I'm in that mindset, anything's a trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Like the sun could come up, and if I'm not prepared yeah. for it, mm -hmm. like, I'm triggered. You How know? dare you rise How today? Dare you? I was not prepared. Me, you know, like <laughs> I stubbed my toe, I woke up. Like, oh, like Murphy's up. Law yeah. is a real deal when you're in that mindset. Oh yeah, everything bad will happen that can. Oh, of course. Yeah, and, and that's why like, <laughs> I have a good what, perspective on that. No, and that's why I want to hear it is just because, like, for me, when I because today now those triggers just aren't there. Yeah. You know, I'm in that, you know, place of neutrality, everything that or whatever people want to call it. But, you know, because I'm surrounded by drugs in the field I, I yeah. work in. Yeah. And I have no desire. Yeah, it's not there anymore. But, Which is really cool. Right. That you can say, because the, the word desire is yeah. so profound if you think yeah. about it. Like desire is what really pulls people in different routes. So my perspective is a little different. It may not be something... Maybe you have heard it. I don't know, no, but let's hear it. I don't know. my authentic perspective on that is I think a lot of things biologically are happening. When you are addicted and you're putting those chemicals into your body, oh, yeah. you have a fight or flight in your nervous system and you will go into that fight or flight and you'll stay there. Oh, 
And what really pulls you out of fight or flight is meditation, yoga, mindfulness, nutrition, you know, having a healthy mindset. And how are you going to do that if you're in your fight or flight? You're not. Fight or flight is named that for a very good reason. You're fighting or you're running from something. Like the reptilian portion. Yes. Yeah. The reptilian portion of the brain. Oh, a saber tooth tiger is coming after me. When really someone's just looking at you funny. (laughs) But it's the same chemical reaction. It is the same reaction. But it's just nowadays. And this is what has got me. This is a great conversation, by the way. Yeah. Love it. It it brings up the fact that today there are no saber tooth tigers. No. But, but there are. In my head, but there are. They're real. But like if you have a daughter that's nine years old screaming at the top of her lungs, you go go into fight or flight because it causes those chemical reactions. This is what's really going on is we've lost sight of how sensitive of beings that we are here on earth because of all of the technology and things that we have now that we didn't have. We're not hunting. We're not gathering. We're not primal anymore. We don't go to bed with the moon. We don't rise with the sun. We don't have movement. Some of us don't even get sunlight. We eat like crap. We drink like crap. Like there's a lot of things that are going on to put us in this fight or flight. Did you ever see that movie WALL-E? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a little. I'm. That's my fear. Yeah. (laughs) That's a little scary, man. It's uh, it's getting there if you I look at obesity rates. No, straight up, like in they took X-rays, they didn't even have any bones, <laughs> like in the in the movie. For those like Bubber. No, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Wally, it was it was based in the future of people were lost in space and they relied solely on technology to the point where they had these little hover seats. They never moved. Mm-hmm. They didn't even interact with each other. They were staring they had, at the screen. They were staring at their screens, and they had been this way for so long. Evolution. They didn't have bones anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't need them anymore. They didn't need them. They were just little humans of pudge and I guess. fat cells. Fat cells and pudge and a, and a brain, and they were glued to their TV. To, uh, you know, technology fed them, cleaned mm-hmm. them, did everything, brushed their them. teeth. Yeah, so they literally had no self-reliance anymore. Yeah. They were complete. And that scares me. That is me. a little scary. Because see, you see it. You know, oh, you can go yeah. anywhere and see kids and parents, yeah. both of them, glued to their screens. And then wonder why they don't sleep at night. Because they're overstimulating their brains for eight hours. Yeah. Just like worse than cocaine. No. Worse than cocaine. You hear people dying from playing video games too much. Yeah. And that's to me. Oh, my kids will argue you on that one. They'll argue that to the death. Show them the article of the kid who died. I would love for you to come over to my house and we can have a conference. Like, I won't even say anything. I'll be like, here's an article and a death certificate of someone who died. (laughs) This is your future. No. (laughs) If you don't make some changes. But going back to, you know, kind of tying it all together, why? Yeah. Why would someone think that they need to jump into a fictitious world so much so because the the real reality it's horrible that we even have to say that today. Mm-hmm. The real reality is so bad for them. You yeah. Know, then you get into cyberbullying and all this other crap. Suicide rates are through the roof because someone you know it's crazy. Like, and this is just where I came from. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone taught crap to me, like I was a fighter. Yeah. Back in my addiction, you know, like I. I remember, like, I, I got beat up a lot as a kid. People would steal from me, rob me, all that whole thing. And mm-hmm. one day I snapped and I was like, no one's ever going to do this to me again. Yeah. And I became kind of like the bully 
beaterish. I don't yeah, know, yeah. You, you went from being bullied to bullying because that's you thought. Well, if I do the opposite, then no, they're not going to do it to exactly. me anymore. But oh, now, that's real. But nowadays, and I talked about it on another thing where people don't get to confront their attackers anymore. No, there is no the like fake world. These online. Yeah. <sighs> well, bullying. Here's what it is. It starts at home. This is my belief. My kids have bullied and I've seen the connection of me not having resiliency and them picking that up for me and turning it into bullying. So me being overstressed and raising my voice too much or me being not resilient and they spill something and I yell, like my response is, is bullying to them. Yeah. And they'll go and take that and they'll, they'll inflict it in other people. So what I've learned with kids is if they're bullying, there's something going on inside or at home, mm -hmm. and that's why it's reflecting in them. And I also have this strong belief that any imbalances we see in our children are imbalances that we have within ourselves. I do a lot of reflection and into my personal life with friends and family, and I always say, okay, if this is happening in front of me, there's something inside of me that I need to look at. And people are afraid to look inside of themselves. They want to look everywhere else. I'm going to have this and I'm going to fill this void with this and, and fill this hole with this because I'm so scared to go inside of myself. And that's where all the answers are. Yeah. They're not on the outside. They're all within yourself. Every answer. I, one of my, um, one of my, my girlfriend's aunt, actually, we were over at her house and then her daughter started crying and the mom just goes up and says, hey, I don't know how to help you unless you can communicate your feelings mm -hmm. and i was like damn yeah next level like, Whoa. hell yeah and get it, it she's like seven she's like a six-year-old girl and she's like hey i want to help you but i don't know how to help or console mm -hmm. if if you can't communicate what's going on yeah because yeah. kids get into that they get into that fight or flight response yeah. too and that's where the tantrums come and they don't know how to respond their feelings but i it, didn't no i i didn't tell anybody anything i just buried everything i had some anger issues as a kid and i don't know where it came from but and i took it out on all the wrong people yeah like i remember i snapped a kid's knee in my math or history class in like junior high not because we need to put you in like jujitsu or martial arts or something I, you're pretty <laughs> i was a security guard at a hospital like i i had enough of all that but <laughs> But going, you know, what he did did not warrant me doing my action mm -hmm. is because I was taking out my anger, frustrations, traumas, whatever, whatever anyone wants to call it on the first person that was available. And that's not fair is because I was unwilling to go inside yeah. and, and do the self-examinations and, and even articulate what I was feeling. Well, were you ever, did you ever think about or question, were you given the space to feel comfortable to express that at home? Because sometimes as kids, and this is a big thing, I follow a lot of people and psychologists that help with conscious parenting, and that's what they call it, being conscious of, of what you're doing as a parent, not controlling your children, but being their guide. Yeah. And it is exactly what your friend's aunt did, is asking and giving them power within their own emotions and understanding and teaching them that they don't have to bury their emotions. You have the space to share your emotions. And the problem is, is we've all been burying our emotions and you, it's proven science that your emotion is embedded in your cells and you carry it. It's emotional baggage. Oh, yeah. And then it can be released from different, you know, stressors that will release it. So the question is, 
were you given the space to feel comfortable and confident to express your emotions or were you told be quiet be strong you don't get to cry quit crying i hear it all the time yeah. i've done it as a parent Love i used that. to do it yeah. yeah toughen up you're strong yeah. you're stronger than that you don't need to cry why are you crying all of these things wire our kids yeah. to not feel like they have space to be expressive with how they feel and i i used to do it with mine until i learned about it yeah and it's hard to rewire, man. It's <laughs> I don't see my perception of, of my childhood is so skewed just because... Mine's a little blurry, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. You know, my perception of my childhood is, you know, I had so many resentments and anger coming into sobriety. It's like, my dad abandoned us. My mom, I was never good enough for her and <laughs> blah, blah. And then I get sober and I, and I do some self-reflection and some digging up. Mm -hmm. And I realize my dad didn't abandon us. He was working his ass off mm -hmm. to provide for me and my sister when my when they when my parents got divorced. Yeah, my mom worked two jobs. Yeah. That's why she was never there. And my dad was there, but in my head, my perception of it, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And then my mom, I was never good enough, quote unquote, because she just wanted the best. For me. Yeah. <laughs> she just pushed me, you know. She and so to answer your question is. I probably was in a position to where I, I could express these mm -hmm. feelings, but was I willing? <laughs> yeah. Even as no. a kid, probably not. You know? And maybe you were overwhelmed. Maybe you felt a lot. Yeah. Like you just never know when you're a child. Exactly. They say that kids feel, they're very empathic and they feel on a level that adults can't because our perceptions are so skewed from our experiences and our Gee, traumas. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So kids feel more deeply on a higher level than adults do and their perceptions aren't skewed they're always in their heart they're always in the moment yeah. they are the biggest teachers of all time right now it's children they're not jaded yeah you know they, they have a clear conscience. you know you know they say you know and this is wait not... who are they you keep saying they say they children <laughs> i'm just kidding young ones the younglings <laughs> is that better <laughs> nice i like it cool. needed that clarification well, now, in, in... When I, when I say some people, you know, I don't subscribe to this theory, but it helps, you know, get my thought out. You know, what what is it? The the truth can be found in the mouths of babes or... Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's... I believe that's so true. It's just because when you're first born, you don't see skin color. You don't see no, yeah. ideology. That or, comes from your parents and, and your environment. Yeah. 100%. There was... um. Man, I this is I love just jumping into conversations because you never know what's gonna come at from yeah. it. This is just beautiful. There was a um oh, man, I hate these people. Have you heard of I don't even want to say their name because it's gonna give them credit and I they don't deserve any. Mm -hmm. There's a group out there where they're really religious and they say everyone's gonna burn in hell if you do this, this or that, you're mm -hmm. going to hell, no matter what you do. And they pick it a lot of places. And they say like yeah. You know, they say a lot of homosexual slurs and things like that. And there's this little five-year-old holding up a picket sign with a homosexual slur on it. Oh, man. And an interviewer went up to this five-year-old, or how, however old he was. He mm -hmm. goes, do you know what that means? And the kid goes, no. That's unfortunate. Yeah. You're planting. You're screaming you're, it and yeah. he's yelling it and he's like holding up the sign well mirror neurons are real yeah. you become what you are doing so you're literally shaping that child to judge 
based off of your perception and not their perception because their perception they don't see that they just they just know mommy and daddy are yelling and they're holding signs right? mm-hmm and I, I have to be here because if not, I'm going to be grounded. Or... I don't, yeah. It's like, I just want to play video games. See, and that's like the opposite. <laughs> that's the opposite of conscious parenting. Conscious parenting is, you know, giving giving power in a child's own will and, and what they would like to do. Obviously having boundaries. You can't just be like, okay, do whatever you want. Yeah. You know. Stick that fork in that light socket. <laughs> yeah. Like Big Daddy. Yourself. Just yeah. throw a stick in front of the. It's like, you're going to learn today, kid. <laughs> Learn but that's how we learn if you think about it we learn through experiences and oh yeah the hard way did you learn everything the hard way too even now i feel like sometimes i have to go through hard things to learn the lesson for people like us i think it's special <laughs> we're the special like, people yeah. i totally believe that because you can you can battle with intelligence yeah. but experience is a whole new level yeah. of argument it's it's not something that everybody has no, and that's why, like, if you can learn from experience, more power to you. Yeah. You know, if you can, you know. If you don't, you're just going to keep going through it. Yeah. And I mean, if you need to learn from your experience, cool. If you can learn from others' experiences, cool. Much cooler. Much cooler. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> what I is that saying? A wise man. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah. always forget it too. It's, so a smart man learns from his mistakes. Mm -hmm. A wise man learns from others. Mistakes. Yes. I just love that. It's true. Because it's so true. Mm -hmm. And it's it's helpful, especially with parenting. Because I can do that now with my kids. Yeah. It's like, hey, I did all this wrong. And now I've learned some deep lessons that I can actually guide you with. Yeah. And make it a bigger impact on earth. Because this next generation is... They're already feeling the wrath. And that's the thing, too. They're they're feeling a wrath. I think about this a lot. And does it make it right or not? I don't know. But like we talked about, like, there's no... If you look back through history, you know, society always had some major war to get behind. Vietnam. Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like, this is awful and an atrocity. We got to get behind it. Like, World War Two, or, you know, all these things. We have atrocities today. Like, I'm not saying we don't, but that saber-toothed tiger is becoming more and more in the mind mm -hmm. and not so much a real living saber-toothed tiger, yeah. if that makes sense. So mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it is 100%. I, everything that I've learned, everything that I've been through, I've, you know, overdosed. I've been hit head on by a drunk driver. Oh, I've survived suicide attempts. Yeah. I've been divorced. I've been homeless multiple times. Of everything that I've been through, the biggest thing and the most important thing to me now in my life is mindset. Yeah. Everything starts there. I start with mindset and then I go into meditation and then I go into journaling and then I go into nutrition and movement. Like these are primal things that we're supposed to be doing that we haven't been doing yeah. for a long time. And even if you're not in recovery and, oh, yeah. you know, everybody should be starting their day off that way and being mindful and being aware of everything going on you just brought up a really you know for me i i personally see i'm not here to focus on the drugs or the alcohol you know like so and i hate that there's in some cases this disconnect between humanity mm -hmm. and then recovery and recovery and yeah humanity. yeah like you guys so, are way over there these are different people mm -hmm. it's like a no a new subgroup or a new religion or a new race of people addictions are in everybody oh yeah right 
reg- I don't care. I don't care how religious you are, how much money you have. And what addiction is. Yeah. What, like, Everybody has an addiction yeah. because of the reward systems in the body. Yeah. That's just biology. But the difference for me that I, my own personal experience on it is some people can have addictions mm-hmm. that don't lead them to rob people. Yeah. Yeah, or, for sure. Like one of the things. One <laughs> Controlled of my, addictions. One of my biggest pet peeves, and this is just my experience, like this is just what I went through, is I was, you know, I took one of those thousand questionnaires in a rehab, you know, to be like, <laughs> all right, what's wrong with you, right? I took it, and then the clinician sat me down, and everyone sat around me, and they're like, you know, Ian, we, we finished your test results, and um, we found out that you're a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> like, no kidding. You're like, what? Wow. I had no idea, ma'am. Thanks Thank for sharing. You. And then she was like, and I understand you. I understand. And I was like, really? You're, you're, you battle with addiction too? She's like, I had this awful addiction to chocolate and sweets. And That's was, a real thing. It's a real thing. But I don't know a lot of people who ever robbed a candy store. No. Because you know? no, it's so easy to get it. That's, yeah. You know, like you can go to the, it's so like I can, I can stay sober from everything, but if there's a Reese's sitting in front of me right now, I'll eat that thing before I'll fight you for it. it. (laughs) Like I'll go get one. Now that we're talking about it. But yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's the, uh, it's a different thing because it's a different chemical reaction. So you're talking about different reactions here. Sugar creates a candida bacteria in the gut. Yep. To where heroin spikes different chemicals oh, and yeah. and the production less production of other chemicals like serotonin and dopamine yeah. and GABA, it halts that. So two different reactions, you're gonna have two different issues yeah. and outcomes. So I just want to say thank you so much. We I can hear people arriving for a meeting that's about to get started. So I think we might want to wrap it up. But this has been amazing and man. I really do appreciate it. And then you also are, are possibly trying to get a, a podcast up and running, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to help me. I'm going to help. Get no, I love it. <laughs> so do you have a potential name or do you have the name set up for it or anything? Or I do have a name. Did I ever tell you what it was? I don't think you did. Drop it. What's up? Oh, now I have to think of it. This is what this was the problem last time we were talking about oh, it. Oh, no. it's called Breaking the Cycle. Ooh, yeah, I like that. It's broken to breaking. The oh, dude. I love it. Total freaking twinners here. Twins. Love it. I love it. This is great. Yeah, breaking the cycle. So, guys, keep an eye out for that. You know, I I love meeting new people, and and she's just an amazing person to talk to you guys if you haven't picked up on that yet. So keep an eye out for her podcast. Remember, you know, once broken does not mean still broken. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Now, I just want to take a second to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First one being No One Down Apparel and Hope. 20% of everything sold from their stores goes to helping the still suffering. Please check them out. Go ahead and take the time now to like, follow their page, and let's see how we can all work together to keep No One Down. That's www.noonedown.com. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook at No One Down, all spelled out. Also, here's the big one. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction disorder, please contact the Steps Recovery Center. That's Steps Recovery Center. Their main phone number is 801-465-5111.
one. You can also contact them at their website at stepsrc.com. That's S-T-E-P-S-R-C.com. Addiction is something we should all take extremely serious. So if you or a loved one is struggling with something like that, please contact them immediately. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Let's keep no one down so no one will be. And once broken doesn't mean still broken. Mm-hmm.